0: The Blaze Radio Network on demand. Glenn
1: Beck. All right. This is going to be an interesting weekend, especially on uh, television and all the commentators. Violent leftists are set to descend on Washington, D.C. and Charlottesville this weekend. Now, you're not going to hear it reported that way. You're going to hear about the right. But remember, these are violent leftists. What part of the right includes socialism? Do you know anyone who is on the right, small government, constitution, that doesn't believe in the Bill of Rights, doesn't believe in the constitution, and does believe in socialism? I don't know a single soul. But somehow or another, the media uh, has uh, labeled the neo-Nazi movement into the right. Uh, They may have voted for Donald Trump, but they are not conservatives. Sunday marks the one-year anniversary of the Unite the Right rally, and a state of emergency has already been declared to free up additional law enforcement and National Guard. Uh, They say that over 2,000 demonstrators are to show up in Washington, D.C. That is a very, very small number for Washington, D.C. Now, no matter how many You know, participants are in these organized possible riots. No matter how anybody tries to sell this, the media is going to cover this uniting the right. It has nothing to do with the true American right. It may have European right, but not the American right and especially conservatism. It is absolutely crucial for everyone Not only to understand, but also scream it from the mountaintops. We reject their racism. We reject their violence. And we reject everything they stand for. And let me tell you what they stand for. Leftist principles. Instead of calling this rally Unite the Right Too, they should have called it Unite the Left. Because the two sides, if they listened to one another... They would really truly struggle to find things that they disagreed on. Let's take immigration for a second. How does the conversation go? We demand a single payer health care system. How does that conversation go? Oh, yeah, well, so do we. Yeah, well, we won't rest until we get socialism. Yeah, well, neither will we. Then they both descend into smashing windows and beating people up before realizing wait a minute, how are we different again? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Your racism is directed to another group of people, but our side's racism is stronger. Don't let any media outlet or any person try to tell you that what may or may not happen this weekend has anything to do with the right or conservatism. It does not. This is about two groups of like minded leftists. The only difference is national socialism over international socialism. International socialism is called communism. National socialism is called Nazism, fascism. But that's the only difference. One is local, one is global. These left-minded, these uh, like-minded leftists just can't come to understand which direction they want to direct their racism and bigotry to. But that is the only difference between the two groups. That's it. Make sure you really, truly understand that so you can clear it up peacefully, kindly, soft-spoken. This weekend It's Friday, August 10th You're listening to (sighs) the Glenn Beck Program
2: I'm so glad you're hitting that on the alt-right And and real conservatives can do nothing better Than sit here and make the case over and over again That these people are not conservative At least not how we've understood it in the past they, They are the The right of the Europe, if you remember the train Mm
1: -hmm. train track uh, monologue that I've done a million times, that is the European left. And we have bent down into that European left again uh, and right because of progressivism. But that's not the American system.
2: And one of the points you made on that monologue, which you're correct, you did do many times, is that there is no small government option in Europe. It's never been a thing. No. They've always just fought about which way the giant government will pull the people. Correct, Uh, And you're right. It's this difference between international socialism and national socialism. But listen to some of this stuff. This is from the leaders of the alt-right movement. Um, uh, I believe in some form of universal basic income. This is Mike Cernovich. Uh, I'm pro-single-payer health care. Is that right-wing or left-wing anymore? I've got an opinion on that. <laughs> I uh, do too. Yeah, I don't think I it's, do it's it's right wing. Um, uh, Spencer, uh, t- trying to build an American right where race and identity are more central and laissez faire economics are ignored or actively avoided. Uh, citizens of modern states will accept no other kind of health care but socialized or mostly socialized. This being the case, however, regrettably, the most efficient option is to make the socialization as rational, as rational as possible. Or this from the uh, from one of the uh, alt right journals, one of the leading alt right journals. This one I find can be completely amazing. Are they pro life or pro choice? This quote unquote right wing group. Are they pro life or are they pro choice? They are pro choice. You know this, but I don't think the media knows it, or at least oh, yes, they, don't. they do. I mean, the media does know. They don't cover it. That's for yeah. sure. This is from their own writings. I understand the pro life temptation. We on the alt-right have an appreciation of tribalism and identity. We realize that people are not just autonomous individuals. Again, is this a collectivist or an individualist? Mm. It's a collectivist. Life gains its meaning through connections to other members of our families, tribes, and nations. Being pro-life flies in the face of both of these principles. A study in Europe found that over 90% of mothers who were told that their babies were going to have Down syndrome did not continue the pregnancy. And he's arguing for that side of the of the equation. In 2011, it was estimated there are now 30 percent fewer people with the disorder in the United States due to prenatal diagnosis. In the future, as such technologies improve, what the left calls reproductive freedom will continue to be the justification for private sector eugenics. Again, they're saying this as a positive. The alt right is saying this as a positive eugenics. Is that a right or a left issue? Eugenics. It's central to the progressive movement yes. here in the United States in particular. Yes, The alt-right is skeptical, to say the least, of concepts like, in quotes, equality and human rights, especially as basis for policy. The unborn fetus has no connection to anyone else in the community. Community being the important thing here. If it is not even wanted by its own mother, criminalizing abortion means that the state must step in and say that the individual has rights as an individual, despite its lack of connection to any larger social group. This is no problem to those in the conservative movement who decide right and wrong based on principles like, quote, the right to life. Again, this is one of the leading alt-right journals. This is the thing that everyone in the media is going to tell you is a conservative movement. They're even deriding the word conservative. Okay, so 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 go ahead. I got to give you the last few. Yes. Here. The mother-child bond is strongest among, uh, is the strongest among human relationships. When the t- parent-child bond does not exist for a pregnant woman, society has no business stepping in. The alt right, for both our own principles and the greater good, must oppose the pro-life agenda. Okay. So how did this happen? How
1: did the how did the American right the classic liberal, OK, if because we don't think anymore, let me explain classic liberalism. Classic liberalism is the founding of this country. Our founders were classic
2: liberals, classical liberals. Right? Yes. Which
1: classical liberals mean uh, uh, the, basically libertarians, That they believe in the individual. They do not believe in the collective. The individual is supreme. He answers to himself. The government answers to the people. It was a completely new idea. Now, this liberalism was hijacked. And it was hijacked intentionally by FDR. What happened before FDR was the idea that man could rule himself was no longer uh, valid around the turn of the century. This came from, remember, in the 1850s, uh, you had Karl Marx in Germany write the Communist Manifesto, a German writing the Communist Manifesto. So that's the birth of socialism in Germany. They embrace it. It starts to go through the the universities, our universities start looking to Germans and say, oh, well, they've really they've got this new scientific method. Now, remember, we are based our whole thing, our whole government on science and reason. It's the age of reason. It is the enlightenment. So we are we were built to look for scientific reasoning, scientific answers. So socialism comes in, eugenics comes in, Darwinism comes in, God is dead. It all starts to churn and Nietzsche says, wait a minute, if you kill God, God is dead. This is a warning, not a celebration. God is dead. You're going to replace him with something. What did the Germans replace him with? For a while, science, eugenics, we can create the master race. But to be able to create the master race, you have to have somebody up at top deciding for everybody what's right, what's wrong. Well, here in America, our progressives look without judgment because the the mass killing hadn't started yet. They look at communism and say, this is great. This is the new scientific way. And what Russia is doing, read Woodrow Wilson's words, what Russia is doing is the right thing well everybody starts to think that communism is the right thing however one guy mussolini decides no the, communism is wrong communism is wrong because he fought in world war one and he's like nobody fought for the workers of the world i wasn't fighting for the rights of french or german or english or anything i was fighting for italy He says, I I agree with all of the concepts of socialism, but communism is global. We We need national socialism. And so fascism starts. Now that becomes very appealing in the United States. So everybody, Time Magazine, everybody. Everybody, New York Times, FDR, they all look to Mussolini as this new model and say, this is great. And Mussolini and Hitler himself eventually look back across to the United States and say, FDR's one of us. He's a fascist. This is great. Look at his policies. The New Deal is exactly what we're doing. Hitler's problem with the New Deal. You know what it was? That it would fail, that it would fail and discredit national socialism. Hmm. So everybody loved it until the purges began, until we fought the war and you saw firsthand what fascism did. So they had to get rid of it. But remember, we are talking about progressives that do not believe in the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, at least the early fascists or the early uh, progressives. They're trying to make us more like Europe. Well, Europe only has two choices. The United States of America is the only place on earth that ever believed that the smallest amount of rule was the best. Let man rule himself. And so if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt back in the 1940s, it wasn't an evil thing to move the, the uh, fascism to the right, because that's where it was in Europe. They thought like Europeans The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were outdated. They weren't fast enough. You couldn't get things done to be able to survive in a world where you had to make decisions quickly. It had to be a strong man and a government that controlled everything. So if you did go to war, you could just flip the switches and you you could produce whatever you needed to produce as a country. That's a discredited system. That system doesn't work. And we're seeing another attempt at it in Venezuela. It doesn't work. Under Woodrow Wilson's care, the classical liberal, the one who is our libertarian today, that seat was taken away from the table and through propaganda and everything else discredited as crazy kooks. Well, they weren't crazy kooks. That's the way America became America. And we have been feasting off of those bones or that gas. And we're at the end of that now. We're now at a decision point. Are we going to accept left and right as the Europeans do and officially declare the American experiment, which was man can rule himself Are we going to say that is over, it has failed, we've done our homework, that doesn't work. After over 200 years of success, we're going to throw that out and we're going to say Marxism, socialism in one of its forms, which never succeeds. And don't give me the Netherlands. Look what the Netherlands are doing now. They're running from it. Because it's all collapsing around them. Why? Because of immigration. If you don't have a homogenous society where everyone agrees and everybody's pretty much the same and it's small, it doesn't work. Because it requires everybody to believe the same thing. And that is why they're shouting people down. That is why. Kanye West is, I believe, one of the bravest people out there and saying the most American thing. I don't have to believe what you believe. I'm an individual. I want to play a couple of cuts from him, his appearance on Jimmy Kimmel yesterday. Kanye West, like him or hate him, agree or disagree. Every American, every American should agree with what he's saying or why he's saying it better yet you don't have to agree with his conclusion on who to like who not to like but if you truly listen to what he was saying it is the most american message i have heard from anyone in the mainstream i can't i can't think of another one it's been that long next all right i want to talk to you a little bit about a company that we founded called uh, real estate agents i
2: Trust.com. you gotta go to a website or something hmm? you gotta go to a website to find a real estate agent <laughs> yeah here's yeah. how i do it okay. i look at benches and what what photo looks the best on the bench Oh, you mean like that's a stop? Yeah. If you can find a bus stop bench with the best looking picture, that's how you know it's the best real agent. Or or
1: you could actually, uh, you know, go to a place that has vetted all of the agents and look at their track record, look at their history, look how long they've been in business. Look at the picture on the bus stop. No, we don't look at the picture on the bus stop. If
2: you're skipping that, how thorough are you? Yeah, we
1: just ask them, so what's your plan on selling houses? How do you do it exactly? How long have you been in the business? How do you know this area? Are you the friend of a friend of a friend's former roommate? No, we don't ask that question either. No. If you want to sell your home fast and for the most amount of money, all you have to do is go to realestateagentsitrust.com. If you don't want to sell your home fast and you don't want to sell your home for the most money. Uh, The friend of a friend's former roommate on a bus stop. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, go to realestateagentsitrust.com now. realestateagentsitrust.com. com. So uh, the the Kanye West interview I thought last night with Jimmy Kimmel is I mean I think we should hold this guy up. You don't have to agree with him uh, on his conclusions,
2: but to listen and watch his actions, remarkable. It's interesting too. I I have not seen it yet, and I'm interested to see how Jimmy Kimmel handles it too because he has not well real distaste. Uh, and it's not even just dis- it's like a contempt for the right, yeah, uh, there's a theory, and I was listening to this the other day that it's not we don't have a hate problem in the United States where sides hate each other. it's that we have contempt for each other. Mm-hmm. we don't even see the person we disagree with as human mm-hmm. uh, and you know one of the th- points about this is that they they say that this is how a lot of marriages break up. It's not that you're fighting and you have a real passion against each other. It's like you get to the point of like you don't even see them. As human, they're suffering. Your your spouse is suffering. It's just shut up. Deal with it on your own. Get, get out of my face. That sort of like contemptuous action,
1: which 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 lessens the hatred because you just don't think about them. They're not important enough, yeah, to listen to and to say why. Um, Jimmy is asking those questions. There's, it's it was a very honest conversation. I believe on Kanye's side not on uh, Kimmel's side. Next.
0: This is the Glenn Beth program.
1: If you have time today, I want you to watch the whole Jimmy Kimmel clip with uh, Kanye West. Um, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, I think there's a lot to learn from it. I'm going to play a couple of the highlights. Um, last night, Kanye uh, comes on and he, he starts to talk a little bit about love and fear. Listen to this.
3: People got really mad when you
0: were... Well, people, some people were very happy when you said you liked President Trump. Do you like... Do you think he is a good president? You, you're going to ask me... Can I answer the first question you're going to ask? ask? Answer whatever you want. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, in this world that we live in, there's two main motivating forces. And I, I tweet about it all the time. It's love or fear. And you, you, you can't explain love. You know, my cousin is locked up for murder, and I I, I love him. I saw he did a bad thing, but I still love him. Um, And just as a musician, uh, African-American, guy out in Hollywood, all these different things, you know, everyone around me tried to pick my candidate for me. Mm-hmm. and then told me every time I said I like Trump that I couldn't say it out loud or my career would be over, I'd get kicked out the black community because blacks, are we're supposed to have a monolithic thought. We can only like, we can only be Democrats and all. So, um, it even when I said it right before I went to the hospital and I expressed myself... Listen to this. And when I came out, I had lost my confidence. So I didn't have the the confidence to take on the world and the possible backlash. And it took me a year and a half to have the confidence to stand up and put on the hat, no matter what the consequences were. And what it represented to me is not about policies, and because I'm, I'm not a politician like that, but it, represent, it represented overcoming fear and doing what you felt, no matter what anyone said, and saying, you can't bully me. Liberals can't bully me. News can't bully me. The hip-hop community, they can't bully me. Because at that point, if I'm afraid to be me, I'm no longer yay. That's what makes yay.
1: You hear that? Great. That is the most powerful statement on so many levels. Let me just let me start here. Here's what the left doesn't understand. They, have, they are currently putting people through college... And they are indoctrinating. And if you disagree, you're shouted down. The vast majority of people just go along with it. They don't want to get involved. Just don't get involved. It's not worth it. Okay? They're not necessarily thinking those deeper thoughts. And so what happens is as that gets stronger, you're not even exposed to thoughts. You're not not around anybody who says something reasonable not political just reasonable like hey you know what should they really i mean i think i have the right to choose right i mean i don't necessarily want to go along with everybody shouting down it makes people uh like jordan peterson much stronger because i just read this article in uh, atlantic that we have to talk about in the atlantic there this, this progressive mom with progressive kids in college finds out that her progressive son in his 20s and all of his friends are listening to jordan peterson why Because they've never heard this kind of thought before, and they've never heard two people get together and discuss these things without screaming at each other and saying, you're a racist, you're a hater, I gotta shut you down, you're the enemy. It's his message of, I just want to be me, is going to connect and is uniquely American. It is what America was founded on. I want to be me, my right to pursue my happiness. The world is moving towards collectivism, and it's a very strong pull. But in America, there is something that we have just, we have, I think it's into our fiber now. I think it's in our DNA. I hope it is this yearning to breathe free not with hate not with contempt not to crush somebody else just to be me now the next thing you have to get out of that clip this this broadcast with him last night started with you you make clothing you you're an artist successful artist you're I mean, actual physical art, not musical art. You're a physical artist that is incredible. You are um, a hip-hop guy. You're a music producer. Incredibly successful. You make your own clothing. Incredibly successful. Here's a guy who is at the pinnacle of success. And we've all seen how arrogant he can be. I mean, he's got reason to believe I can do anything. It takes him a year and a half to get the courage to say, I want to vote my own way. This guy, if this guy takes a year and a half to say it, what chance do you have? What chance do your kids have? This guy shouldn't be afraid of anything. And yet he stood up because everyone said, you can't, they'll destroy you. They'll end your career. You'll have nothing in the end. And the guy had the balls to do it. This was not something that he just said. Everybody was like, oh, you just say that sell an album. He might have at the time you listen to him now. No, he wasn't. His album is already out. It's all done. He's making a much deeper point here, and that is get away from fear. You should not have the fear of McCarthyism. No matter what the ideology is that they're trying to stifle, McCarthyism is bad. Now, cut two, please.
0: We are too protective. We always don't want someone to get hurt. Can you imagine me talking to my publicist before I said I'm going go on TV again? One of the things I think it got me- missed on TMZ is the main thing that I was stressing is the idea of trying love. You know, we're always, you know, pushing out so much hate and love can cure so much. Just to think, am I moving in love? Is this out of love, not out of pride? Pride is a word that people often say in a positive connotation, but it's actually one of the seven deadly sins. And it takes too much ownership, but you can replace pride with love. And when I see people just even like go at the president, it's like, why not try love for one person to stand up against all odds and just hug somebody the way that Alice Johnson hugged her family when she got out of jail, that one by one by one, we can defuse this nuclear bomb of hate that we're in as a society by thinking of everyone as our family.
1: He, he mm-hmm. went on to talk about um, how we're programmed. We're all programmed from the beginning. Get off the coffee table. Don't jump on the couch. Don't he's he he said, you know, a kid he's got a cape tied around his neck and he's standing on the coffee table and uh, he's Superman he's Superman and so he said get off the coffee table he said by the time we're you know in our 20s or 30s we know very clearly that's a couch don't jump on it that's a coffee table don't stand on it he said but we've forgotten the reason of the Superman why we stood on in the first place we were being us And Kibble responds, well, that's because we want safety. I mean, we got to keep the kids safe. But the bigger point here was by the time you've you've it's it's my father's point. My father used to say two most powerful words in any language. I am that kid saying I am Superman. Okay. and by the time you keep training these kids. You know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and not encourage them to be free thinking. You've just molded them into whatever it is they want to be, or you want them to be, or what society wants them to be, not what they want to be. If you don't answer the question, I am brave, I am strong, I am capable. The entire world is set up to fill in that blank. I am what? If you don't say it to yourself, if you don't know it yourself, and you don't strive for that blank, I am strong. The rest of the world will fill it in for you and tell you you're incomplete. You're not good enough. You're stupid. You're black, and thus you should think this way. You're white, and thus you should act this way. That's his
2: point. It was profound last night. Yeah, and he has real evidence to back it up. I mean, he and his wife uh, did this approach with the president, right? They yeah. they decided to to love. to love him instead of just trashing him. And what what happened? You know, the, the most important thing to them as an issue, which was, uh, you know, she had fought pretty hard for this uh, for alice johnson who who he mentioned there to be let out of uh, prison for an old uh, conviction and it actually happened right like they they got real movement there and it was because you know like i mean there that was a policy initiative you can agree with or disagree with outside of treating someone nicely but they actually did that and got movement on it so what is what is the definition of insanity Stu? Uh, the one that always quoted is doing yeah. the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The media, I
1: learned, I learned after Obama, after 12, I learned everything that I did. It It galvanized half of the country that was likely to galvanize around this message in the first place. But it did not spread beyond that. It didn't spread beyond that. It may have made a difference in children that we are now seeing and yet to see um, that watched the show. But it it didn't galvanize anybody else. It didn't reach beyond itself. OK, in 12, we had the same result we had in eight. Why? In fact, it was the people were more strident. Why? Well, because our approach did not work. Now, I learned from that. Change your approach, not your viewpoint. Change your approach. He is right. He is right. What is the press doing? Definition of insanity. They saw a tactic that did not work. Done by the right. We were just doing what we had seen done to George Bush under the left. Two can play at that game. Now they're doing the same thing. They don't see it. And every time if they would just stop with the Trump thing, if you just stop and treat him, if the Democrats would even embrace him on some things, they would you would not believe what you could get done. I'm convinced of it. But because everybody wants to try to to have these tribal lines and are frightening everyone else, stay in the tribe, stay in the tribe, stay in the tribe. The results are going to be exactly the same. Don't stay in the tribe. The tribe is going over the cliff, both sides going over the cliff. Kanye is right. Be an individual. Hmm. can't wait to get to dan in ohio bill o'reilly's coming up in just a second all right hiring is uh, challenging i mean you know before there was zip recruiter you know i hired and I, that's how i got Stu. uh i mean is that a good idea i don't think so wait what are you saying i'm just no i'm just saying zip recruiter can find qualified people well, I, I will admit I was not
2: qualified for the job when you hired <laughs> yeah, me. So.
1: Ziprecruiter, <laughs> Zip uh sends your job to over 100 of the web's uh, leading job boards, but then they take it a step further. With their powerful matching technology, they scan thousands of resumes to find the people with the right experience and then invite them to apply for your job. As yeah. applicants come in.
2: That's the big difference, too, right? Like, it's not just posting and hoping people do no. it. They actually actively go after people they right. believe would fit. And
1: then when those applications come in, they actually highlight them so you don't miss it because you're busy. ZipRecruiter, try it today for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Again, try it for free. Find the right person. I'm going to end up with a stew. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. <laughs> hey. We go to Dan in Ohio. Hello, Dan hey good morning glenn how are you doing i'm good
3: hey glenn i'm all fired up really um after this recent election we uh experienced here in ohio yeah it kind of hit me that election really typified where we are in this country and how divided we are because it was about a 50 50.
0: yeah and it got me to think and i know it sounds a little radical
3: but i think we're <laughs> at a point that there's one of three things going to happen mm-hmm. we're going to have a revival We're going to have a civil war. Yes. Well, really, what I think we need to start thinking about is dividing us up into two nations. We do not want to go back under the rule of the left. They don't want to come under our rule. And so we take it to the states and the states vote. They become a blue or a red state.
1: Won't happen without a civil war. That won't happen without a civil war. I mean, your neighbors believe that the state should be, you know, blue. You believe that it should be red. And they believe it just as much. And that's their home, too. It's not that doesn't happen without a civil war. What has to happen is to come back on principles and those principles. When you actually talk to people with reason, I'm not talking about the political people. I'm talking about you talk to your neighbors, blue or red, and you just discuss the principles of the Bill of Rights. We agree on those things. Still, the vast majority does. The only thing that will bring us back together is a rational, non-political understanding of the Bill of Rights. That's how we got along in the first place. And it's what will bring us back together today. Otherwise, I don't think there are three options, uh, Dan. I think we either come back into our unum, back into our Bill of Rights understanding and agreement and let everything else go. Or we have a civil war. And we're already in a cold civil war now. Glenn Beck. Please rise. I pledge allegiance to the Wolf Pack. This is what a school, an elementary school in Atlanta, announced that students and faculty uh, would be doing. They're no longer going to recite the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Instead, they would be reciting something called the Wolfpack Chant. Now, Laura Zelis uh, Zelsky, she's a principal of the elementary school, said in a news release over the past couple of years, it's become increasingly obvious that more and more of our community were choosing not to stand and or recite the pledge. OK, uh, there are many emotions around this. And we want everyone in the school family to start their day in a positive manner. Well, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't not have to be positive if you don't want to stand. I mean, you don't want to stand, you don't want to say the pledge, you don't have to. I mean, you are receiving federal money. I don't know. Uh, so the real plot twist here is um, uh, if, if Colin Kaepernick would take the role as the principal, I think, you know, he's out of a job. Maybe we can get him a job at this uh, school. Um, they're saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And they're saying it now is not causing positive energy. Well, that is a problem. In some ways, the Pledge of Allegiance is a way of acknowledging, I'm really grateful. I, I understand how lucky I am to have born, been born at this time in this country that is full of flaws and currently struggling. But we're free to talk about it. We're free to debate it, or are we, teachers? This is a country unlike anything else in the history of all mankind. Or is it, teachers? See, I would like the teachers to be teaching that. Not just the flaws, but also, you know, we're pretty lucky. The world's never been like this. So, the only thing left is, what is the wolf pack chant? Students will continue to lead the meeting by asking our community to stand and participate in the Wolfpack chant together. They'll also be given the opportunity to say the pledge some other point during the school day in their classroom. But the pledge will focus on students' civic responsibility to their student and school uh, family, their community, their country, and to our global society. Well, if you're teaching civics... Doesn't that include maybe the Pledge of Allegiance, your civic responsibility to understand the country that you're in? I mean, I would understand if people were saying, I don't want to pledge to a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. Okay, you're not pledging your loyalty to a flag. You're pledging your loyalty to the republic for which that which that flag stands for. Well, what is the republic? I don't know. We're not teaching it, are we? The republic is built around the Bill of Rights. Now, here's the amazing thing: there's an update. This school decided to do this obviously on their own because of the backlash. they have now backed off and said, okay, okay, we're not going to do, <laughs> we, were, what? we were just, no, we're not going to do that. We're still going to start with a pledge of allegiance. But in the true progressive form, as I did my research on that, i looking, where does the wolf pack chant? Where's the wolf pack chant? Story after story after story. Where's the wolf pack chant? They're going to replace it with a wolf. Well, what is the wolf pack chant? True progressives. They hadn't written it yet destroy what you have and then we'll think about what we're going to replace it with.
0: It's Friday, August 10th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Holy cow. Welcome to the program. Uh, Let's go to Bill O'Reilly. There is a Ton to talk to uh, Bill O'Reilly about uh, this week Hello Bill how are you I'm the same back which is tragic for everyone <laughs> it really you know is that. it really yeah. is sorry to mm-hmm. hear that um, so let's let's start with what uh, happened in New Mexico and uh, I think the clarifying moment here should be for the press why so many people think that the press is the enemy of the people and I I don't feel that way I think they are uh, they're a helper to ignorance. Uh, and they uh, are certainly they certainly have an agenda. But you could look at the case in New Mexico and say, hmm, maybe this is why so many people think you're an enemy of the people. What are your thoughts on how they covered this Islamic extremist camp?
3: Well, you know, we've always known and this was uh, kind of stunning that there was a hesitancy on a part of The New York Times. They they led this uh, attitude, press attitude. Hesitancy to condemn um, Muslims who were violent. Mm-hmm. I think that's about as accurate as mm-hmm. I can make it. There's a hesitancy about it mm-hmm. because, in their mind, um, Muslims are a uh, minority in America, and uh, you know how the white people treat minorities, and if we start to report accurately on them and their violent tendencies uh then muslims peaceful muslims will be attacked so was all that you know it's not like okay we have to tell the truth uh it's if we tell the truth then this is going to happen because we live in a white supremacist society that's what they always do so that's the origin of you know let's hesitate and this new mexico story is part of that oh it's just one place they're crazy people we can't make a bigger point on it so we're going to ignore it and that's the story so
1: so but you can see how people who who understand we we are not a nation that is rounding up Muslims. We
3: are. No, and, we have and been unbelievably tolerant. Yes. Right. Even after 9 11, there wasn't any outbreak of Correct. violence against Muslims. But, but if you really want to carry it a step further, can you imagine if this uh, group in New Mexico were white supremacists? Exactly right.
1: If they were just NRA members.
3: Uh, yeah, or anybody like that, would be 85,000 live shots. Spike Lee would be down there filming a movie. Um, look at these people. So, so, so why, you know? So, so you saw co- knows that this double standard exists. So,
1: you saw the coverage of uh, the Bundy Ranch, and you remember there were helicopters. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was huge. Uh, however, uh, because after the after the police finally stepped in in Portland and sent everybody home. We find out that uh, Antifa had uh, had taken and really kidnapped federal agents. They had kept them against their will, blocked them in their own building, the ICE building, and wouldn't release them. ICE calls for the police. The police say the mayor said we can't help you uh federal agents had to come in where were the satellite trucks where were the helicopters on that bill well it's even worse than
3: that you had individuals one of whom owned a food truck yes uh, calling the local portland police i worked in portland i don't know whether you know that or not i anchored the news on katu beautiful town. And when I was there in the 80s, it was liberal, but it wasn't insane liberal. Mm -hmm. Now it's insane liberal. So there were individuals who felt that they were in danger, American citizens, and they called the police, and the police simply were ordered by the mayor, who is also the police commissioner. How insane is that? Yeah. All right. They were ordered not to help uh, the non-involved citizens.
1: Non-involved citizens that felt threatened
3: right. People who were just around that compound selling hot dogs. So what you have is a violation of the mayor's oath because he swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. And part of the Constitution is that law enforcement protects people in danger. That's why we have law enforcement. That's why they're, they got those powers. That's why they carry a gun. That's why they're allowed to arrest you um so you're right i mean uh, I, I didn't see cnn down there i think they, they mentioned it but not no it wasn't the, that, you see but, the bundy ranch here, here, <laughs> you see on, the bundy ranch but on billoreilly.com my solution to the problem as always was very clear and very vivid i said that they should send paul manafort to portland oregon okay so manafort just maybe on a weekend furlough from his solitary confinement could just go to the rose city then everybody would be there and report right. on.
1: when it comes to when it let me go back to the taos uh, uh story when it comes to this story you have linda sarsour just at the last isna isna conference praising as a mentor, as a guy who plays a big role in her life, is, um, is calling her and encouraging her and teaching her about Islam. This guy that she says is that is the father of this guy who was holding these children and teaching them how to, to kill does this play any role in the media not covering that Linda Sarsour, was the the founder and the one of the lead organizers of the women's movement?
3: <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't even think the media is smart enough to put that together. But remember, Linda Sarsour is Louis Farrakhan's big. Friend. I know.
1: So, Bill, okay. how can you say they're not smart enough to put that together? Because I don't. I'm smart a smart disc jockey to together. I'm an that old rec- disc jockey, man. I'm smart enough to put that together.
3: Okay. But the, in order to put that together, you have to have a frame of reference, all right? Explain that to Stu. All right, you've got to actually know what happened in the past and who the players were. You're telling me Don Lemon is going to put that together back. Is that what you're telling me here?
1: No, I think that Don Lemon and others are not curious are they not intellectually honest or curious.
3: They don't even know because what, who Linda Sarsour is what her uh, connections to Farrakhan and this uh, crazy Muslim guy are, they don't know. And why don't they know? Because they don't care. They're not seeking the truth. We've talked about this before. They don't care. It's not important to them. Um, And so that's why you don't have any of this coverage. Um, Even in New Mexico, which is a turned very liberal, uh, the state turned very left, Um, the local coverage, because we were looking at some of it to get information, was scant, okay? Mm -hmm. They they didn't really want to cover the story. Uh, because it wasn't about oppression of minorities, which is, that's a big theme in New Mexico.
1: It really was. So, it was, you know, the oppression of children who were minorities. There were Muslims. I don't know. I mean, they were oppressed by Muslims. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know what
3: I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. It, were, it, was my, it was minorities oppressing other minorities, just like in Chicago. Yes. Why doesn't that cover that story, that unbelievable story, one of the biggest stories in America in the decade, get wall-to-wall coverage because it's black-on-black crime and you know the origin of black-on-black crime is white supremacy you know that Beck. Um, and so they're not gonna really bring that to the forefront and and it, it's it's such a corrupt system I'm, I'm so glad you're highlighting this these stories because if you put it all together and you're a fair-minded person you just got to go. We don't have a media in America anymore. No, we don't. It does not exist. Yeah, we don't.
1: All right. All right. I want to. I want to come back and I want to talk to you about the media in America a little bit more. Uh, but the the strong arm of now Silicon Valley. Um, they've come from you know. Hey, we're just uh, we're just providing. We're a tech company just providing platform. We're a bathroom wall. You can write whatever you want on it. To now, no, no, no. We have uh, great influence and we decide who should be heard and who should not be heard. I want to hear your take on Alex Jones when we come back. First, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor. We're so thrilled to have uh, Filterbuy on as a sponsor of this half hour. They make this possible. Um they are um uh, they're a company that was uh, uh, was started here in a small town in America. Um they were they were closing a factory and the guy who Who's, I think his grandfather ran that factory, uh, and it was his factory. They were closing it down. Uh, there wasn't a use for American-made products anymore, and he thought, I can't, we're not going to do that. I'm not letting my grandfather's factory and all of those workers and that town lose all those jobs. So he went and uh, he left his job, I think he was on Wall Street, and uh, started studying what, what would be a good business that we could make things in this factory here in America, well, filters, filter by he created filter by to keep those American jobs here and to make the best filters and to be able to short circuit the old system when you have a uh, you know hvac uh, that is running you especially in this heat you need to change those filters out otherwise it clogs the the, uh, the airflow
2: and they have the auto delivery which yeah. is the only thing that ever would make me change my filters because when <laughs> I'm they so show up I'm like oh that. crap there's a box there it's time to put those things I in i am so glad you said that because they'll, they'll
1: be there to the end of time and it's it. up to me. I'll sell my house before I'll cha- change my filter. I air might sell filter. my house because I don't want to
2: change the filters. <laughs> yes, because I don't uh. know where. It, well, I mean, I don't know what size, what. I don't know.
1: <laughs> they'll help you figure all that out. Plus, if you use the auto delivery, they knock 5% off the uh, order just, beca- it just to help you make it easier. Order your air filters now for your uh, HVAC at FilterBuy.com. Business or home, FilterBuy.com back with uh bill o'reilly bill where do you stand on uh the the digital ghettoization of voices the digital erasing of uh voices even those voices that are despicable like alex jones
3: you know it's a. Uh, i'm not as you know i'm a luddite i i don't go into the world of uh High tech, very often. Hmm, that surprises I me. P- I have people who do that. <laughs> yes, yes. It 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 is frightening to me. All right. Okay. The thing that always st- stays in my mind is that these are private companies. All right. Now, th- there's also a complicated thing is that they're allowed to operate on the American grid, um, which the public really owns. So there's a crossover. Into what they do, it's not just a private company like a car company or something like that would be. I don't believe in censorship, but I, I think there's got to be regulation of defamation and and uh, rank uh, attacks that are untrue on people. It's got to be some kind of regulation. The problem is that there's not very many people qualified to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people who run these high-tech companies—they don't know very much about editorial. They don't know what's right and wrong. They don't have a staff that checks anything. It's all about political correctness to them. I mean, Laura Ingram got attacked this week for making a demographic comment that she put into some kind of context. You may disagree with it, but all of a sudden she's a white supremacist, and they're they're just ripping her up. You know that kind of stuff is really dangerous. Um, but I, you know. I I think the government has got to basically have some kind of regulatory capacity about um, what is legal and illegal. Not what's right and wrong, but if there's an illegality um, involved in, in like, let me give you an example, inciting violence. So that if you have a a commentator that says, you kill all Irish people, Irish people are evil. Well, well, let's let's use a
1: real let's use a real example. Louis Farrakhan,
3: right? He's a hater, but you know Farrakhan is interesting because when he writes his speeches, he doesn't come right out and say. Uh, he talks generally. And you mean about violence? Yes. Yes. About hurting other people, mm-hmm. white devils. Correct. Uh, Jewish satans, stuff, that kind of thing. Yes. So, I mean, I would err on the side of you got to have the expression out there, as you said, even if it's hateful. Um, But the government should put some kind of guidelines in place, not not laws specifically, but guidelines. I think we already have that.
1: We've all we've all done that. Here's the here's the thing. Private companies can make their own private decision. However, it it amazes me that's this. I'm consistent on that when it comes to the 14th Amendment. You can't discriminate against blacks. OK, we all know that. And I wouldn't want to. But if there is a, you know, uh, the uh, the coffee cup cafe, all spelled with uh, K's instead of C's, uh, you know, they have a right to exist. I don't want them in my community. I'll never go there. But they have a right to exist. And I have a right to say they're despicable and not go
3: there. It's true what you're saying. But I know you don't like the government intrusion, and neither do I. But there's because these companies access technology that's partially paid for by. I'll, the give, you an
1: e- I'll give you an easier one. They do. They engage in interstate commerce. That's okay. what FDR. Uh, that's how FDR changed America. Interstate commerce.
3: But they also are on the on the uh, dole. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can imagine this, Facebook and all of these companies that, that amass billions of dollars, and the dough is paid for by the taxpayers.
1: I don't know who I trust less, the government or Silicon Valley. I, I really don't, and that's uh, up for debate, I guess. We go to Bill O'Reilly, back with more of the recap of the week, next. The release of my new book, uh, Addicted to Outrage, uh, is September 18th. Uh, We uh, invite you to go get it now on Amazon.com. And also, I'm going on tour, and I'll be announcing the cities that I'm going on tour, uh,
2: I believe, on Monday. But it will definitely be early next week. I remember there was a conversation about you going to Long Island. In Bill O'Reilly's neighborhood, yeah, I can't uh, do Bill to O'Reilly do, O'Reilly's neighborhood. I mean, maybe that's something that Bill would come out and he can he could support. Maybe he could talk <laughs> about his book a little bit. I mean, it seems. Why does he? Leave? I mean, yeah, Bill, no. do you leave the house these days, or what's the?
3: Once in a while, once in so a while, have, uh, you know mostly I'm a shut in. But Beck is welcome to come to Long Island. But I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, get the accents down, you know.
1: I can't. I can't. <laughs> I don't understand the Long Islanders, I guess.
3: Uh, yeah, it's like, hey, is that back? Is that going back?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so, Bill, let me yeah. um, uh, let me go over something that you just posted on BillOreilly.com. Yeah. Having spent a good part of the last year writing my upcoming book, Killing the SS, The Hunt for the Worst War Criminals on Earth, which, by the way, is fantastic finished it thank you um uh, i've turned i've i'm tuned into violent behavior more than ever before many of the german killers who slaughtered children women and defenseless men were ordinary people before hitler started world war ii they held jobs as merchants farmers and local politicians they had families they believed in god yet they murdered millions of ci- citizens on orders from deranged nazi leaders they volunteered to serve in deathhead units They relished working in concentration camps where they could brutalize at will because it kept them off the front lines. Those Germans who were not part of the SS certainly knew about the brutality against the Jews and other civilians. Incredibly, most of them accepted it. Human beings have a tendency to rationalize their bad behavior and to look away from evil, even if they uh, even if they think about it. uh, No, if even uh, think about it in the first place. Certainly, we have seen that throughout history, but now we're experiencing over, open evil here in America. Bill, are you talking about the the Nazi rally in Washington uh, this weekend that the press is anticipating?
3: No, that's not the uh, focal point of the column. The focal point of the column is the murder in Chicago.
1: But there was only there. There's only been, I think, seventy eight wounded and eighteen killed since last Friday. What what yep. violence in Chicago? I.
3: Uh, between seven and 10,000 shot in the last two and a half years on the nation's third largest city. So when you say, okay, so what's the difference between an SS concentration camp guard who guns down people and the gang members in Chicago who pull up at a party and there are hundreds of people milling around and they start shooting into the crowd. What's the difference? Is there a difference?
1: Uh, no, I was going to say ideology, but no, I don't know if there is.
3: It's evil. They don't, both groups uh, couldn't care less about human life. Um, And both groups were um, basically allowed to do what they do by the power structure. Look, are you telling me that in certain selected neighborhoods in Chicago, that the federal, state, and local authorities cannot control... These people walking out of their house with guns and shooting down people in the street? you telling me that? Because that's not true. That's a lie. You'd have to put the National Guard in the the neighborhoods. You would have to do that. But why wouldn't you do it? Why didn't you do it five years ago? This has been going on for almost ten years. You know, when there's a civil disturbance, the governor of any state or the president of the United States has the authority to put the National Guard in to quell the civil disturbance. Is this not a civil disturbance?
1: So why don't they do it, Bill?
3: Because they're afraid of being called whatever fascist or anti-black, because a lot of the activists don't want it. They don't want to occupy black neighborhoods, that kind of thing.
1: If you actually care about the people, I don't care what color they are, if you have if my community was under siege and uh, and we knew who the bad guys were, we knew they were these gangs and right. the police would not come in just again like Portland. I'm just an average citizen. I'm not involved in this. I just I, I want to. This is my home.
3: It's different than Portland because the police in Chicago will come in, but they are not allowed to stop and frisk. So if they know there's a gang member and they know who the gang members are and he's walking down the street, an officer cannot come over to him and pat him down to find the gun. Because Rahm Emanuel and the city council, Uber leftists, have banned that. So that's number one. They can't do that. Number two, if they do stop someone and that someone turns around, what are you stopping before I didn't do anything, um, they can get sued, the individual... Police officers lose their whole career because there's no backing by the Uber left Chicago politicians. No backing for the police. They're not backed. So the police officers say, you know what? I'm not going to do much because if I do anything, it's going to be my career. It's going to be over. And it's happened time and time and time again. So now the federal authorities, just like they did in Mississippi, just like they did in New Orleans when they took over the federal authorities, took over the New Orleans Police Department, have to go into Chicago, and stop the carnage, unless you want another 10,000 people to be shot in the next two years. And, you know, you look at these press conferences where I'm a This is Barack Obama's big guy. And where is Barack Obama on this? He used to work in these neighborhoods as a community organizer. Why isn't he there screaming like I'm screaming? Where's LeBron James and Michael Jordan and all the social justice warriors in the athletic community? Why aren't they in Chicago? You know why Sharpton and Jackson aren't there. Because they don't make money by going down there and pointing out that it's black-on-black crime and the social problems come from a total collapse of the family in those areas. That's why this is happening. These gang members are, some of them are as young as nine and they're given guns because they don't have any supervision at their home. That's all true. But you'll never hear it reported. And it's excuse after excuse. And the, the governor of Illinois is a Republican. Rainer. I mean, he sits there in Springfield and he does nothing. While tens of thousands of people are shot. More people are shot in Chicago than in Afghanistan, where there's a war. And I'm, and I'm saying to myself, I wrote this killing the SS. I tell you about the evil that was perpetuated and that Germans looked away. German-Americans are the largest ethnic group in America. There's no difference between Americans and Germans, ethnic-wise. And the whole population of Germany says, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, it's not me. I'm not killing them. Well, you know, Dachau's right out of Munich. You saw the barbed wire there. You know people disappear from your neighborhoods, and yet you do nothing from 1933 to 1938? Five years, you do nothing? And the same things happen in Chicago. You let these people run out on the street and sell narcotics? at will, and they're armed to the teeth, and they go and kill anybody they want to kill, including children and elderly people walking to the grocery store, and you don't do anything about it? And I'm including President Trump in this as well. On a campaign trail, he, because of my reporting, said, you know, I'm going to clean this up. Well, clean it up then. Put the guard in there. You put the guard at the border, and it worked, by the way, at the border.
1: You, can expect. you imagine Donald Trump putting the National Guard in, oh he'd be a racist he, it would oh be, yeah no 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 here's, absolutely. here's what's here's what's crazy bill when remember when the police officer was uh, shot here in uh, dallas uh by during that black lives matter uh you know yes. protest yes so i had people who were actually in that march come into the studio and i sat with them and i talked to them and we had a fascinating conversation Many of them, none of them, none of them had actually read the manifesto of Black Lives Matter. They were only marching because they felt like no one was listening to their pleas. And uh, I had mothers and grandmothers who said, we're afraid of our own grandchildren. Because this 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 evil has come into our community and no one will listen. So we are deemed racist if we do f- focus on it, and we are racist if we don't focus on it.
3: But there's a bigger question, because everyone knows if these gang members were in Beverly Hills, this would have stopped the first week. So... If it's not going to happen in a white community, and there isn't one white community in the country where it does happen, not one, then why are you allowing it to happen, Rahm Emanuel, in a black neighborhood? Can you explain that to me? No. There's that silence because poor black people in America are not deemed important enough to take action to protect them. That's Bill. racism.
1: Bill O'Reilly, um, did you... I'm going to take you way out of your comfort zone. Did you watch Jimmy Kimmel and uh, and uh, Kanye West last night?
3: No, I did not. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, honestly. I mean,
1: why, it, no, 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 there, no, no, no,
3: no, no I, Why would no, I, I watch Jimmy Kimmel and Kanye West? Listen to me. You should yes. watch this. You should watch this. I know this. what happened. I get reports, but I can't... I get reports. ...and
1: actually put my no, eyes I, on them. You should... Kanye West is one of the bravest people in America today. He talked. Here's this guy who has wild success and said it took me a year and a half to work up the courage to say what I said about Donald Trump a year and a half. He said, "Because everyone said they would destroy my career, they would destroy everything I have, and I'd be wiped out if I took a stood, if I took a stand." But I felt I had to because I'm not going to just go along with the crowd.
3: That's okay. amazing. Let me ask you two questions since you saw it and I did not. Yes. Did Kimmel give him a hard time? Oh yes, of course he did. But
1: they're friends. And so it was friend bar it was a friend okay, bar. So it was
3: friendly jabs. Yes. Did did West explain why he supports Donald Trump? Uh
1: kind of. Yeah, he didn't get into real policies. Uh he kind of did, yeah.
3: Was there an overarch you can tell me? Why does Kanye West like Donald Trump?
1: Uh no, he didn't he didn't he focused more on the fact that Society cannot tell people what to think.
3: Okay, I, and I got that. I just, yeah. I'm just curious if I, and I told you the story about me and Kanye West in the elevator. Um, no, I the, don't remember that. Uh, I met, I, one time I was in Madison Square Garden, yeah. and I'm leaving the game, and i the elevator door opens, and there's Kanye West in short pants. And with two guys who were seven foot eight. Yeah. And it was very <laughs> about 800 tough to pounds in. each, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. Very tough to get in the elevator. Right. Because I had my two guys who were seven foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were all jammed in. And he knew who I was, but he wasn't going to give me the courtesy of a hello or anything like that. And I said to him, uh, I like your pants, Kanye. See, that's. that's, that's, (laughs) (laughs) So he
1: wasn't nice to you after that No, 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 no. no. Very few people were nice to me. You were nice to me. But that's it,
3: pretty much across
1: the board. All right, Bill O'Reilly from
3: BillO'Reilly.com. Do you have a date on your book yet, Bill? Um, uh, October 12th, I believe. We're going to move it back. Uh, And let's talk about that next week uh, because Woodward's book is coming out. I know. I know. And uh we will t- that'd be an interesting discussion.
1: Yes yeah. it will. Thank you very much Bill O'Reilly. All right
3: guys, have a good weekend. Back. You Bye bye. You
1: know, it wasn't it wasn't worrisome to go against Bill O'Reilly. Woodward will th- I mean that Woodward book will come out and it's going to receive I mean it already is press attention like crazy. Crazy. Won't allow anybody else to have any point of view. The
2: media is just going to be focused on that point of view. Get Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. I and mean, it's their only focus every day. Yeah. It's all they talk about. Amazing. God, it's just obsessed with this person.
1: All right. Middle of the night, you're tossing and turning. You're not sleeping. You're drenched. You're covered in sweat. Now, you could run the AC or the fan all night and try to keep it cool. Or you could get rid of your heat-trapping mattress and sleep cool and comfortable on a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress, they use premium foams that relieve the pressure and help align your body so you fall asleep feeling comfortable and you wake up refreshed. Now, this, this foam is not like a regular foam mattress. This foam uh, has been redesigned and reinvented by Casper. It's guaranteed to keep you cool all summer long. It ships free in a little box that you're not going to believe there's a mattress in it, and uh, you open it up, you sleep on it for 100 nights. If you don't love it, if you don't love it, send it back it's risk-free 100 nights in your home they refund every uh every penny and you don't have to put it in a box they come and pick it up for you sleep cool and comfortable every night get a, a casper mattress try yours now for 100 nights uh 50 off the purchase of select mattresses by using the promo code back at casper.com that's casper.com promo code back casper.com terms and conditions to apply Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. It is uh, Friday. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. going to a uh, concert with my daughter this weekend. You are. Yeah, I'm
2: going to see. Going to see Miranda sings this weekend. Miranda sings. You've told me about this mm-hmm. person. A YouTube star, right? YouTube star. It's
1: Netflix. A comedy star. thing, right? Yeah, it's a comedy thing. You either get her or you do not. <laughs> Uh most people I guess do not because mm-hmm. they haven't really watched her very much and when you see her at first you're like what the you don't even know if it's real or not and you're like I don't get it <laughs> um she's re- she's really cuz she's very selfish and 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 ignorant and, and it's a character right it's a character yeah. it's a character um and she but she thinks she's wonderful thinks she thinks she's a superstar uh, and she is awful, and it was uh, it's a it, it's it's started on the internet, mm-hmm. and it's it's basically kind of mocking all of the uh, you know YouTube stars and right and how people become stars and and it's, it's hysterical. I think it's very funny. It got
2: so big, it, it got picked up by Netflix.
1: Yeah, but I think I'm going to be in a sea of screaming girls. <laughs> uh, you know, but. This is so happy. My daughter said, my my wife said, I'll take you to Miranda Sings. And she said, no, mom, this is a dad and daughter thing. that's That's really sweet. Glenn Beck. Hey, friends, have you ever wanted to incite people towards anarchy and chaos? Have you dreamt of rallying people to harass members of the president's administration who you just can't stand? Well, great news. Now you can be like Maxine. Maxine Waters, that is the 14 turn congresswoman, excuse me, congressperson from California for just $30 plus $59.99 shipping and handling. You can be the proud owner of your very own hashtag be like Maxine tote bag. It's perfect for carrying around your phone charger, gluten free snacks and BPA free bottle of sparkling mineral water. While long, hot days spent harassing and shaming administration officials drag on. But wait, there's more. If you act now, you can get a second tote bag for exactly the same price. Plus, to be determined, shipping and handling. And this bag features a creepy graphic novel-like illustration of your favorite California congressperson, Maxine. Plus, if you order both tote bags... For just $20 more, you can get your very own hashtag be like Maxine T-shirt. It's stylish for the mathematically challenged democratic socialist on the go and perfect for the virtue signaling at school, getting coffee or waiting in line for your universal basic income check. Order now and get 0.25% off your total when you use the Maxine approved promo code civility won't save us. By the way, all of this was bogus except for the actual products. The actual products are actually made and sold by Color of Change, the largest online racial justice group in the U.S. If you see a video on the Color for Change website, which you won't because you don't go there, Black Lives co-founder Alicia Garza says, quote, civility won't save us because this administration And white supremacy doesn't care about being polite. So Color for Change has now launched the Be Like Maxine to encourage people to be rude. I don't think we need to encourage any more people to be rude in America. Maybe that's just me.
0: It's Friday, August 10th.
1: You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. I want to talk to Ezra Klein. In fact, I, I want to talk to you uh, a bit. I, I, um, I want to start to try to have civil conversations with people I disagree with, and uh, uh, not. I'm not. I don't want to win. I don't. I'm not looking to win. I'm looking to understand. So, what happened last night? And I don't think, um, you know, I don't know if Jimmy Kimmel has the the place to do this. Um, uh, that's not what his show is about. But, but trying to really understand Kanye yesterday was profound. If you really listened to what he said, I can't believe I'm
2: saying this no, it's, about Kanye West. It is really one of the most wild transitions I've ever seen. I mean, this—he seemed—and—and and look, people go through life changes, right? Yeah, they he do. He seemed they completely do. crazy. Not even just because he was liberal, right? He was—you know—he's no, just crazy. George Bush just, doesn't care about black people. Seemed completely crazy as of you know two years ago. And he—he he still probably, I'm sure, he has lots of things
1: that he says that are that are crazy to me or somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, However, his point last night was we shouldn't all try to be the same. We can't force people into little boxes. And he said it took him a year and a half to develop the courage to come out and support Donald Trump. A year and a half. A guy with that much power and clout. And that much confidence. And that much confidence. Mm -hmm. A year and a half. Because he was afraid. And he said, I'm, I'm done with fear. I'm just done with fear. So I, I, I wanted to, uh, one of the people I'd like to have on is Ezra Klein. Now, Ezra Klein is um, a lefty. He runs uh, Vox now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vox is at least something that occasionally surprises me. Occasionally, like they they did a story on the numbers behind socialism and everything that these democratic socialists are
2: doing. They took the actual numbers from the socialists, from left wing think tanks, from even the government sources Mm -hmm. to predict how much it was going to cost for all these socialist programs. And this in this article is basically saying, look at the cost.
1: Two hundred and eighteen trillion dollars. There's no way this is affordable. No way this is affordable. So at least they're trying To uh, look at actual facts. Well, I want to read this because I'd love to talk to him about this because there doesn't seem to be a two way street. So this is his response um, about the problem with Twitter with uh, Sarah Zhang. Now, if you remember Sarah Zhang, she um, uh, she did uh, really some really nasty, nasty uh, statements Um, online one of them was uh, kill all men Um, and uh, you know what was it erase white people or I mean just some really nasty stuff so Klein said um, a few years ago it became popular on feminist Twitter to tweet about the awful effects of patriarchal cultural a culture and attach the line hashtag kill all men this became popular enough that a bunch of people I know and hang out with, even love began, and, and I love, even began using it in casual conversation. Kill all men. And you know what? I didn't like it. It made me feel defensive. It still makes me feel defensive. I'm a man, and I recoil hearing people I care about say all men should be killed. Hey, is that reasonable? <laughs> yeah. That's totally reasonable, it Seems right? pretty reasonable, Okay, yeah. it seems reasonable. But I also knew that wasn't what they were saying. They didn't want me put to death. They didn't want any men put to death. They didn't hate me, and they didn't hate men. Hashtag kill all men was another way of saying it would be nice if the world sucked less for women. It was an expression of frustration with pervasive sexism. I didn't enjoy the way they said it, but that didn't mean I had to pretend I couldn't figure out what they meant. And if I had any questions, I could, you know, ask and actually listen to the
2: answer. This is a this is a fascinating. It really is fascinating. Fascinating column. Let's just make sure. Explain what I just heard, because I want to make sure I'm understanding this right. He's saying that sometimes mm-hmm. when someone says something, uh-huh. Uh, You try to instead of just mocking it or bashing it or do, you know, taking it completely literally to benefit your own side. Mm -hmm. You instead ask questions about it, understand that maybe it's not exactly what they mean and try to, you know, they're making a a point out of
1: frustration. Maybe. Sure. Huh. Here's the other thing. He continues. All that was happening inside of my community. Which both inclined me towards generosity and gave me more context for what was going on. So, in other words, because it was his friends, he could give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. If I had been on the outside, perhaps my ultimate reaction would have been different. Perhaps I would have let my initial offense drive my interpretation. Ezra, I doubt that is perhaps. Although it seems like he's considering it. And I think I I give him credit. I really this is a very honest piece. Yeah. And um, I just want to talk to him to
2: see if that goes two ways. Well, and I think he's trying to say because I think it is at times difficult when you have someone that you believe is coming from a bad place to give him that break of saying, all right, that's not what they meant. I will say this. And I am not, you know, there's very little that I would be outwardly proud of, uh, you know, in, in my life, <laughs> period. Uh, but uh, in this, in this show is one thing I am very proud of, is from the very beginning of the show, going back since we started doing it together in 1998, mm-hmm. okay, it's been 20 years this year we've been doing the show together. Wow. For the entire time, we have always... Um, and I'm not saying we never have fallen down on this. So, so, so well, yeah. I remember in 2002, you said this. Yeah. but I, I, I've we tried. Always we tried to 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 look at things that, for example, a comedian says that are come off as hateful, and look at them and say, "Wait a minute, look at this in perspective. Understand what they're saying." The first time we really
1: took heat for that was Bill Maher in 2001.
2: Yeah, I remember that. Because Bill Maher came out as part of Politically Incorrect mm-hmm. and made a statement about the 9-11 attacks right yeah. afterwards. Right. I mean, it was every... I mean, you know... The, and I the didn't agree is still with it. The smoking I didn't, at the time he yeah, says
1: this. I didn't agree with it. I didn't like it. But I said, first of all, what part of Politically Incorrect don't you understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a right to say those things. Let's not
2: chase him off of ABC, which is what happened. Right. And this happens all the time in, in relationships. If you... Uh, you know, because I've dated back in the day when I was dating. you'd have I had you know girlfriends who we got into a point in our relationship in which we uh, our intent was to take things in the worst way possible, right? You you'd someone would say something and instead of saying, okay, well, I know they're a good person and therefore I'm going to take what they're saying in the most generous way possible. You go the opposite. When you get to that point where you' dis- when you're getting close to a breakup, Everything they say you take in the worst way possible Mm -hmm. and assume bad intent. That's Mm -hmm. I think is the biggest key to any relationship. Yep. Do you assume good intent or bad intent? Because if you assume good intent, when you say it, you can always say, all right, I see what they're trying to get at there, even though that kind of is an annoying way of saying it. But we don't it, do that to each we other. We never do that. Never do that. Uh, uh, anymore. It seems like that what we gone. do to our own side. We do it to our own side all okay. the time. So the sa- he
1: continues, the same dynamic seems to be at play in the way white people is used in Zhang's jokes. Jokes. On social justice Twitter... The term means something closer to the dominant power structure and culture than it does to actual white people. To read hashtag cancel white people and think Jean is calling for genocide, as New York magazine's Andrew Sullivan apparently does, is absurd. And to sit around wondering how the social justice left would respond if you completely change the context, intent and meaning of the tweets by subbing in the names of different groups, well... Read this article on that. But after reading take after take after take on the latest round of our ongoing Twitter wars, I'm struck by how inexplicable both sides seem to each other. To much of the right, it's obvious that her tweets represented anti-white racism in its purest form. To much of the left, it's obvious that they were jokes that anyone with an iota of self-awareness could parse and the affront taken as a pure bad faith. Zhang's statements seemed to me to offer much more persuasive middle road. These were satirical tweets framed in a way that could reasonably offend people who didn't understand the context for what they were reading. So the real villain here, as so often is, is Twitter. It's not. Yeah, I but don't not. agree with that conclusion. No, it's not. The, the, the real villain here is we will not give each other the benefit of the doubt. And if if the left... Thinks that this doesn't happen to us. I bring you back to. Could I strangle Michael Moore with my own hands?
2: How many times have you been asked about that? Million like, again, a complete Million. joke. Back in two thousand four, maybe two thousand three, yep. yep. where you were joking. Uh, where you were joking about uh, about Michael Moore, and and someone said we were joking about uh, yeah,
1: people that were driving you crazy, right? And we were,
2: we were using let me, well, you, let made me cool. you made the serious point you made a serious you know <laughs> yeah, i don't want to you know like be, there's so much so much negativity out there i don't you know it's not like you want to kill someone well i don't know it was like that sort right. of like fake uh, consideration let me it, was,
1: it was uh satire framed in a way that could reasonably offend people who didn't understand the
2: context in which they were reading right yeah and it's exactly it's exactly the same thing and you're michael moore uh Did a Broadway show, I believe, Mm -hmm. in which he went up on stage. And this is like last year. Mm -hmm. Went up on stage 13 years after you made a joke on a radio show. And still is acting as if you want to kill him. Now... He, uh, of course, knows that you have absolutely, you have basically no interest in him at all. But, I mean, of course you don't want to actually commit violence against somebody no, else. and you couldn't. In same I way, mean, we all will... know that Sarah Jong does not want to commit genocide against all white people. It's very clear that now either qu- one of those are real. The question is, are either of those appropriate?
1: Okay, well, in the setting, at the time, uh, in a comedic Sense mm-hmm. where everyone who 's involved in that and understands what 's being talked about it 's absolutely appropriate i don 't believe there are limits on comedy myself i don 't believe there's limits on speech i 'm nope. a free speech absolutist, same way at uh, james Gunn yes I, all of that yes so um yes, it is appropriate, but that 's not how it 's used so my question here with uh, with Ezra klein is i believe I believe you can Make that jump and you can say, look, I know these people. Okay, but the problem is a lot of these people, these social justice warriors have created this atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It's not the right that comes out and is the word police. The word police is not from the right. The word police is from the left. The word police is are the people who have always said, you can't say that. That's racist. You can't say that. You can't say that. Mm-hmm. You're a homophobe. You're a racist. I, I can even hear the dog whistle. We don't even have to say the words. Right.
2: They'll say, you know, this. The, I saw an example with this recently. People are now saying that it's Chicago. Us talking about the violence in Chicago conservatives is an example of us. It's our new way of blaming black people for being bad. Because we say, hey, we really don't we think there's a real violence problem in Chicago that we need to cure is the new conservative dog whistle to say that black people can't be trusted to to take care of themselves or something. Here is
1: here's the thing they're throwing out the Western culture. These these people who are postmodernists want to throw out everything, want to throw out reason, right and wrong, absolute truth, any of it, throw it out. But then it leaves you in a state of chaos. And that's what's happening because there is no reason, because there are no rules, because we we don't give each other the benefit of the doubt. You can't just give one side the benefit of the doubt and condemn the other. You cannot do that. But because that's what's happening in our society, that's what's causing the tension, the animosity and the lack of trust. So if 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 Ezra Klein is serious about this, which I think he is, then let's have that conversation and make sure that that benefit of the doubt goes to both sides. Right. Otherwise, it won't work. It doesn't matter. And you're only preaching to
2: your group. Because the way Klein talks about this is the right way to handle these situations. It, is. it just needs to be it applied is. to both sides. Okay, let me tell you... Um,
1: uh, about Palm Beach letter and um, and what they do in July 2017, Bitcoin was down 40 percent. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, Tika Tawari, he's an expert in that. Um, he uh, wrote uh, last summer. That it was going to uh, announcement was about to happen and it would bring enormous amounts of money into Bitcoin. At the time, it was trading at one thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars a coin. He said Bitcoin would hit at least ten thousand dollars by the end of the year. Everybody said he was nuts. It hit twenty thousand dollars by the end of the year. And he said this while we were in the middle of a horrific bear market. Uh, Now, here's the deal. He just announced again, just like last year, another big event is happening. He said it would take Bitcoin 10 times or more. It would it would it would go 10x, which would mean that Bitcoin would be forty thousand dollars or higher by Christmas. I don't know if that's true, Uh, but I tell you, people who are taking his education course are investing in cryptocurrency. Uh, and it is. I mean, the guy's got a really good record on this, and he explains what those events are. I want you to go to smartcryptocourse.com, com. Call eight seven seven PBL Beck for more information, or just go to smartcryptocourse dot com and uh, find out exactly why something can go ten x in the next six months. Smartcryptocourse dot com
0: glenn back
1: quickly why is donald trump president of the united states the press asks well it's easy because once you give people the benefit of the doubt and they never give it to you and they continue to destroy and you are destroyed by it you finally say two can play at that game here's an example today
2: yeah steve cohen a tennessee democrat told a group of pastors last month now caught on hidden audio pastors uh, yeah that uh, he's basically saying, like, why do they want Marsha Blackburn to be governor? Well, you know, it's because Trump is can come in and tell her to jump off a bridge, and she'll jump off a bridge. By the way, I hope uh, he comes in and tells her to jump off a bridge. And there's like laughing and kind of booing. Bottom line being, like, he's saying, like, yeah I you know, hope she jumps off a bridge. Now we can get our uh, our daily uh, hit from our addiction to outrage. We can easily get it from this. We can all sit here and pretend that Steve Cohen really wants Marsha Blackburn dead. We can all sit there and and, right. and assume that, and assume the absolute worst. Now, we feel this way. We want
1: to do that because we have heard them say those things about us for so long. Mm-hmm. You want to righteously stand up and say, Really? Now really? I got you. Now I got you. Your own trap, right? It's really hard to beat, but that is driven by anger and outrage, and not the solution.
0: Glenn Beck, Mercury.
1: So, so, can I ask you a couple of questions? Uh, t- tell me this: the Cleveland National Forest Twitter account posted uh, about the arrest late Wednesday morning of a man. Um, uh, who is connected with the holy fire burning in the cleveland national forest in california um the suspect 51 year old Forrest gordon clark was booked into orange county jail on suspicion of two counts of felony arson one count of felony threat to terrorize and one on misdemeanor resisting arrest now listen to the other one because there's been two people arrested hmm. 32-year-old man from Temecula, California, was arrested on suspicion of arson Wednesday night after he was accused of setting multiple fires, one which burned thousands of acres in San Bernardino Photos and destroyed homes and forced thousands to flee. Why don't I have the name of the 32-year-old guy, but I can. they're telling me where he's from? When I have the age and the name... Uh, but not where the man was from in the first story.
2: I don't know that's a that's an interesting question. I this mean. is um, you
1: know this this massive fire in California. by the way if if you uh, want to help, Mercury One has uh, people on the ground in California feeding people. Uh, relief not only for the citizens but also for the firefighters you can go to mercuryone.org and donate to our disaster relief um, uh, because we really need your help this fire is just devastating just devastating mm. uh, but they're now saying that this um,
2: at least parts of this fire arson two guys which is pretty incredible um and it's also incredible the way that's being talked about in the media these fires Uh, you know you're you if you you would be excused to think that there's never been a worse case in history Mm -hmm. um of of you know they're getting worse and worse right fires are getting worse and worse and they're spreading faster and faster and this is the worst fire in california's history one of them yeah this there's there's
1: uh uh this is the worst fire in the history of california 1,000 fire engines, 14,000 firemen online, um, firemen from overseas, 22 air tankers, 59 bulldozers, 17 airplanes, 12 helicopters, 11 mobile
2: kitchens. What's interesting, however, is this is happening in a period of not increasing. Global warming because fires are increasing. Right. That's what everyone's saying. Yeah. Um, However, the exact opposite is actually happening. Uh, There are actually, there's less uh, area burnt by wildfires than any time in the past at least 100 years. And by a very wide margin. What's interesting about that is there are a couple factors working against each other. First of all, you have human beings who are getting better and better at fire suppression. Mm -hmm. Right? So that is obviously helping the situation. Mm -hmm. Then you also have the climate, which oddly enough... At this time is actually helping suppress fires because of humidity. So at this point, no, I e-
1: just read a story, Stu, mm. that because the global warming has happened and they specifically said, and in this case, it is the combination while the temperatures haven't risen. Mm-hmm. It's the combination of the temperature and the humidity, which has made
2: things hotter. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely not yeah. it. I mean, it may what have I'm trying to, to say is the it may dr- have feel
1: hotter to you as a human being. Right. but
2: That's not real. The drought is something that we'll talk about a, a, as well. But there is actually no increase in the amount of land that is under drought. There's no trend in that increase at all over the past at least 50 years. Um, but you if you, you're talking globally. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, However, because there are certain areas that have been hit by drought, but there were other areas hit by drought when those areas weren't in drought. Yes. When California wasn't dealing with a drought, there was another area probably on the other side of the world that was. Okay. There's always droughts going Mm -hmm. on. So there have been droughts in the United States. Texas was hit by one. Yes. um, At one point fairly recently. Um, But the other part of this, the reason why these fires are getting larger is because there is more of a fuel load available for them to burn. Well, what does that mean? What that means is, because largely because of fertilization, no, Stuart. there is more greenery to on burn. Telev- no, and- I saw it on television.
1: Mm-hmm. It is because men are going into the forest and they're building houses. That we are just building too many houses, and no. that's the fuel that's burning. <laughs> no,
2: that's not. I saw no, it. I saw it on that the news. Happens. What's amazing is the the, the, the the media will tell you that the climate is making these fires worse. Okay, And if you believe all, all their science and you just go with exactly what they're, what they're saying, what they say is consensus, there is an argument there that it's true. However, the argument they're making, and they will never express this, is that CO2 is making plants grow faster. So there's more plants to burn. There is more greenery to burn. No, wait. It is improving the growth of all. CO2, we have learned,
1: is bad. Now, I learned in the old fashioned days that plants breathe CO2, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of uh, we give them what they need. They
2: breathe in what we exhale, Mm -hmm. they exhale what we breathe in. That is, uh, that is that is that is a hundred percent true. In fact, we've we've shown experiments on the air mm-hmm. where they will put two little seedlings mm-hmm. in a confined area and pump CO two into actual one of them greenhouse, and, and you will <laughs> actually see the plant grow faster. They'll speed up the time, and the plant will grow faster and larger, and it will have more uh, more uh, density. And that is what's happening right now. It's why there's more fire. Now, the other part of this, which is really super duper important, is that. We have developed technology. Capitalism has developed incredible tools to fight fires more efficiently. So we're actually seeing less of them overall. But they are getting a slight increase in the fuel load, largely because CO2 is helping plants grow faster. That is something the media will not tell you. They'll tell you one little slice of that. But the temperature and moisture is actually decreasing the amount of fires. Overall, the increase or the decrease has been significant. Uh, I could show uh, there's if you go to my Facebook page, uh, Stu gears is my name, by the way, if you don't happen to know that. If you go to my Facebook page, you can see the chart and you'll see how dramatic the drop is. Um, and it is incredibly uh, dramatic. And this is there's links to all of the uh, scientific studies that show this. If you want to get super nerdy with your weekend point being, though, They they intentionally leave out all of these facts to make you Mm -hmm. act a certain way and support a certain policy. And that is the type of news that, you know, I don't know that you want to call it fake news. I think it is. I think it's very misleading at the very least uh, and intentional.
1: Well, look at the two biggest threats that we're under um, really right now. Uh, California. Are you getting the real news in California? I don't think you are, as we just discussed. Mm -hmm. The other one, New, uh, New Mexico. Are we getting the real story on that? And why should you worry? And why did I ask about the fires? Why did I start with arson? Why did I start with that? Stu, you've been around with me long enough to know, and let's not go into details. Why? Just one word terror yes right okay Mm -hmm. we're not going to go into any deeper than that yes terror uh so arsonists wait a minute let's know who these people are that's why i asked why is the name withheld why why are the names withheld why don't we know who these people are can we find out a little bit more than just their names and their addresses who are they okay okay um, I don't think this is terror related, but we should be at least looking at that. Same with New Mexico. In in New Mexico, why isn't the press telling us this and why is it important at the uh, in about 15 minutes? I'm going to go on my Facebook page, uh, Glenn Beck, and I think also the blaze Facebook page. And I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. Of exactly why. The media is being irresponsible for not talking about what's really going on in New Mexico, what they were really doing, because it's been done before. And the effects are devastating. It would shut our country down. I I really believe it would be the last straw. It would be the thing that would finally break us. Uh, and I'm going to tell you the story of when it happened again, and I'll do that in about 15 minutes on my Facebook page. Also, uh, you know, you remember that speech that Barack Obama gave and we were all agreeing with it we were like, yes, where is this president? Do you remember that? Just happened recently. Yeah. It's the one where he did it overseas somewhere. Yeah. So important. So important, yes. He was doing it overseas, and remember what was his message? Do you remember? (sighs) It was we got to stop with all this division. We've got to stop, you know, uh, black and white, and I hate you, and you hate me, and we got to stop with all this. He
2: even said something to the effect of, uh, "You know, we can't get to a point where because you're a white person, your your opinion doesn't matter, or something like that." Right? Yeah. We didn't ask. What foreign
1: country was he in? South Africa. Now, here's our president preaching this in South Africa because reconciliation is over. The time for talking to white people is over. Mm. And they're on the eve of genocide. Yet, that's as close as he got to it. He didn't, he did not take on that nation and say, Stop it. He gave a message to a group of people who are about to slaughter an entire race. And that message rang true to us. Because that's where we are. Hey, guys, we can't get to a place to where you're a different party or a different race and you have no value and I'm not going to even talk to you. Okay, that's where we are. They are at, I'm going to kill the person of the other race because they have no value and they're in my way and they own my stuff. It's interesting to me that the man who many people think started many of these fires or at least popularized them, brought them into the, the, the forefront, is now giving a message in a foreign country, and it's the message we need to hear. From him. And it's almost as if he was downplaying what's really going in and going on in the country in which he gave that speech. Hmm. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor this half hour. It's simply safe home security system. Great home security system. Uh, if you are looking to you know have have uh, 24/7 monitoring uh have the police called if there's you know water damage fire uh, fire goes on uh, if a pipe bursts uh if somebody breaks the kitchen window and is trying to
2: get in somebody opens the front door yeah that's a big deal my sister-in-law just got a simply safe system really uh yeah she uh, she has a baby another one on the way moving into a new place and they went with simply safe uh, I mean, you know, the technology is so good that it makes a lot of sense. Plus, the price is so inexpensive. Yeah, um, it's
1: just the way that security is. I mean, you know, the, calling up, you know, I got Brinks, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna, the Brinks is Brinks for a reason. They're taking your money away and by the truckload. <laughs> um, they're they're uh, these old security systems. They were great at the time. But they signed you up for a huge bill every single month, and they said that was for monitoring and everything else. Plus, the system's very expensive. Well, no, it's not. It's really not. The system, a better system, a more modern system, one that is not wired, uh, is available now from Simply Safe And it's state-of-the-art technology, and the price will blow you away. Plus, the monitoring is only $14.99 a month, and there's no contract. You can cancel it any time. No big deal. You just you know have the alarm go off in your house if you want, and you alert everybody that there's a fire or something, and it'll alert you or you could have it alert the fire department or the police department it's up to you you're in control simply safe go to simplysafebeck.com dot com and protect your home protect your family simply safe dot com ten percent off your home security system at simply dot com welcome to the uh program pray for me because uh, I am going to be uh, surrounded by thousands of screaming girls uh, this weekend at the Miranda Sings concert uh, in uh, I think it's up in Oklahoma someplace (laughs) taking my daughter and I actually like Miranda Sings myself Uh, I cannot imagine what she's going to do on stage (laughs) uh, but my daughter is just uh, so excited to see her Uh, so and then on Monday, I'm, I'm a lifetime uh, dream concert for me. My first album I ever bought was the Electric Light Orchestra out of the blue, and uh, they're coming to Dallas and they're on tour and mm. they are really good on tour. Oh wow! Um, and uh, uh, get to see them. I'm not going backstage uh, to meet Jeff Lynn, even though I want to. But he's like a huge. I'm really a big fan, and I've met Elton John. Nope. This was before I was Glenn Beck. Met Elton John. Woof. That didn't go didn't well. Didn't help. Hmm. Uh, met Billy Joel. Woof. Did not help. Uh, met B.B. King. He hit on my wife. Didn't help. <laughs> uh, I do it's not want story. to be. I mean, if he's a jerk, fine. I don't ever want to know it. Yeah, I don't ever want to know it. I don't like ruining my heroes yeah. uh, when I meet them. Usually, yeah. it winds up ruining it. Yeah. Um, coming up in about 10 minutes, I'm going to go on to my Facebook page at Glenn Beck. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give you a story that we just didn't have time to do today that I think is really important. I need to tell you the story of of why New Mexico is so important that we pay attention to it and we and we look into these things. It's a story of... Of how this has happened before. And when it did happen, it, it changed everything. In our country, if this happens, I believe it will... Um, it could be the last straw for the republic. I really believe we would react in such a way. It would be the last straw for the republic. And our enemies know it. Why is New Mexico important... I'll show you a little bit of history, recent history, that is mind boggling on my Facebook page at Glenn Beck in about 10 minutes.
0: Glenn Beck Mercury.